You know those moments when you sit and ask yourself, why am I here or what is the purpose of my life? And actually the new year uh, is a natural time to do this, to reflect, to take stock, to reframe, uh, to rediscover that star uh, around which your life revolves. We all search for meaning. And as far as we know, this search for meaning is unique to humans because we're made in the image of God. But it's this search for meaning that, which is why people want to succeed. Uh, because succeeding um, is a way of us living forever. So whether we chase fame through sports or notoriety through social media or fortune through our investments or respect through our good works or posterity through our children and our grandchildren or excellence at work or in our field of expertise, we all want to stand out. We all want to live forever. We want to live beyond the confines of me in this place right now. We want to live on in the thoughts and minds of others. We want to succeed. Now, uh, success actually has a different flavor for each of us. So I wonder, uh, what does success look like for you? Now, for me, when I started here at Cornerstone, I... In the back of my mind, I guess I wanted to build a big church or a successful church, you know, one that one that grew um, faithful followers of Christ. Um, I wanted to be the pastor that people referenced or admired. I wanted to be a, a preacher worth quoting. And I guess even now I'd like that, but what if that's not what God has for me? What if my my gift mix or my limitations or my calling is not that, but is something else. And yet, I still want my life to mean something, right? We, we all want our lives to mean something. We want to leave our mark. Now, there's this anthem from the 90s. It's a great song. It's a song I love to sing along by a band called The Verve. And, uh, and the song goes like this. Because it's a bittersweet symphony that's life. You try to make ends meet, you're a slave to money, then you die. And as I sing it, I realize that, flip, that is a really depressing outlook on life, and I'm singing it like it's some kind of a mantra. You try to make ends meet, you're a slave to money, then you die. Imagine if that's what life was like. Imagine waking up each morning to that thought no way in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, right? We resist this particular conclusion from this song because we know instinctually on a deep level that our lives mean something more than that. It was a few weeks ago that I spoke about how God has placed eternity in our hearts. We've been created such that our lives have value beyond our physical bodies and our physical existence. But what is it that takes us beyond our day-to-day physical reality to a transcendent purpose or meaning? It's faith. We all need faith. Anyone who's bought a house or invested money or changed jobs or had kids or moved out of the area into another area, anyone who's done any of those knows what faith is. Faith is that thing that enables you to move from what is known, this little sphere that you currently inhabit, to what is unknown. And so even though you may not have all the details, you, you take a step of faith based on the best information that you have access to. Now, it doesn't always work out, right? Because no one has complete information. 
And that's why when something bad happens because of a decision in faith that we took, we can experience deep regret. But still, we continue to make decisions regularly based on faith because we have no other option other than to continue making the best decisions we can based on the best information that we have access to. And this is living by faith. Whether it's buying a house or moving to another country or choosing which insurance company to go with. There's always an element of risk involved and so there's always an element of faith needed. But what is faith? When you stop and think about it, when you really boil it down, what is this thing that we call faith? If I was to ask you to define faith, I wonder what you would say. Now, Hebrews 11 verse 1 actually gives us uh, a really helpful definition of faith. And when you hear it, hopefully something within you resonates. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. So there's three things that we learn about faith here. That faith is confidence in what we hope for, that faith is assurance about what we do not see, and that faith is commended. Faith is confidence, faith is assurance, and faith is commended. Now, faith doesn't eliminate the questions. If faith answered all the questions, if faith removed all doubts, then faith would no longer be needed, right? It kind of work itself out of a job. And so a few weeks from now, we will be looking at the relationship between doubt and faith. But I think it's enough for me to say this morning that, that actually doubt is needed for faith to exist. Faith cannot exist if there isn't any doubt. Now, the Bible talks about faith a lot, a lot, a lot. But it also talks about this thing called the faith. So there's faith, and then there's the faith. Like in Acts 16, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Or Matthew 24, verse 10, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. We could say that the faith is what connects us as a community of believers. In fact, we say that, right? It's the community of faith. And, uh, and in these two verses, we see that the faith is something that we can either be strengthened in as a community, or we can turn away from. Now, 1 Corinthians 16 verse 13 tells us this. It says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. It takes courage and it takes strength to stand firm in the faith. So what is the faith? Well, we could understand the faith as a collection of beliefs that we collectively place our individual faith in. And for Christians, a, a really helpful summary of this collection of beliefs is the Apostles' Creed. And that's why churches all around the world regularly repeat the Apostles' Creed to remind themselves of what the faith is and what the faith looks like and what the faith um, is comprised of. Now, we don't do it here much at Cornerstone, but this morning I'd like us to read it aloud because we are the community of faith. So let's remind ourselves of what the faith is. So wherever you are, uh, read the words at the bottom of the screen along with me. I believe in God, 
the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So we have this twin idea of faith and the faith. Faith is trust in Jesus, while the faith is a specific set of truths that we unite ourselves around. It's, it's the hub of who we are. You can think of it like this if, um, when you're thinking about the faith. If you were drowning and someone uh, reached out their hand to pull you to safety, you'd grab that hand, right? This is faith. But imagine if you were drowning and you saw a big, strong, brawny hand reaching down to, to rescue you, and next to it was the, was the hand of a toddler. Which hand would you grab hold of? Or if you were drowning and there were two hands reaching out for you to grab and the hand was, was the hand of someone that you trust while the owner of the other hand was laughing maniacally with an evil glint in their eye, which hand would you grab hold of? So faith is important. Reaching out for rescue is important, but equally important is, is that place where your faith is placed. The faith in which your faith rests, knowing who it is that's rescuing you, knowing who you are placing your faith in. Now, faith is mentioned about 250 times in the Bible, um, so faith's a big deal, but why is faith so important? Well, in my mind, faith is needed for three reasons. Of course, there are many more reasons, but let's look at three this morning. Firstly, we need faith because we cannot see onto the spiritual plane. As, as, as humans, we are both spiritual and physical beings living in a physical world, but interacting with a spiritual reality that we cannot see. And faith acts as the bridge between the physical reality that we experience on a, on, on a daily basis, emails and toast and commuting and laptops and pets and noodles and the spiritual reality that exists beyond our five senses. And so we need faith because we cannot see the spiritual. Secondly, uh, we need faith because we cannot be in the past. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 2 says this, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Were you there at the Big Bang? Were you there to see God speak the universe into being? No. And so you need faith to meaningfully connect with the past. Uh, you see, we exist in this moment. We're locked into this moment. And so anytime we, we interact with the Bible, we're, we're, we're reading about things that have already taken place. And since we aren't able to be there at the time of the events as they're written, we need faith. 
when we read about Jesus' birth and life and death and resurrection and his ascension into glory, we need faith. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 talks about fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Well, how do we fix our eyes on Jesus who lived his earthly life 2,000 years ago? Through faith. And so we need faith because we cannot see onto the spiritual plane of now. And we need faith because we were not there in the past. And thirdly, we need faith because we cannot be there in the future. You know, the Bible talks about the future a lot, right? It talks about this life and the next life and rewards and the new heaven and the new earth. It talks about heaven and hell. And the, the invisible bridge that connects this moment to the future that's presented in the Bible is faith. Now, faith is... So faith is needed to understand what's happened in the past. It's needed to engage with what the Bible says about the present. And it's needed to trust or to believe in what the Bible says about the future. And there's a short phrase in Hebrews 13 that ties this past, present, and future faith together. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love knowing that the one who ties our past, present, and future together is Jesus, that he's the author and the perfecter of our faith, the past and the future of our faith, and that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, last week, Pastor Emily talked about the immutability of God, that he does not change. Jesus does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we cannot see the spiritual in the present. We cannot be in the past and we cannot be in the future. But through Jesus, we can access all of them through faith. So let's go back to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Um, Just as a refresher, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Let me read to you what... David Chapman says about, about Hebrews 11 verse 1. It's, it's really wonderful what he, he writes. It's, kind of, it's this building anthem of praise um, regarding faith. So let's listen to what he says about faith. He says, he says, Biblical faith is not a vague hope grounded in imaginary wishful thinking. Instead, faith is a settled confidence that something in the future, something that is not yet seen but has been promised by God, will actually come to pass because God will bring it about. Thus, biblical faith is not blind trust in the face of contrary evidence. It's not an unknowable leap in the dark. Rather, biblical faith is a confident trust in the eternal God who is all-powerful, infinitely wise, eternally trustworthy, the God who has revealed himself in his word and in the person of Jesus Christ, whose promises have proven true from generation to generation and who will never leave nor forsake his own. So when we talk about faith, we're talking about confidence, about assurance, about a tangible reality, about a sure foundation. In short, we could say that faith is trust. So let me ask you this. Do you trust God? Do you have confidence in God? Do you trust Jesus? Do you trust his finished work? Do you trust the Holy Spirit? Do you trust his ongoing work in your life? So in your church 414 groups this week, maybe you could take time to process with each other what faith is. 
how would you define faith? Would you say that your faith right now is healthy or is suffering? And maybe you could share one story from your personal library of faith. You see, as you read through Hebrews chapter 11, it, it, it looks like a library of faith. You read account after account of faith. You read about Abel, about Enoch, about Noah, about Sarah, about Moses, about Rahab, about these unnamed people towards the end of the chapter who died for their faith. Men and women who were caught up in God's unfolding story and by faith were written into this story. So Hebrews 11 really is a library of story of of story after story of faith. God God included uh, Hebrews 11, this library of faith in the Bible, specifically to encourage you. In fact, he says this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. So Hebrews 11 is a library that encourages lending. God wants you to borrow from this library of faith so that you can in turn write your own stories with him. And it's not just Hebrews 11, right? Hebrews 11 is, is, a, is a wonderful library for us to access to increase our faith. But it's not just Hebrews 11. Jesus also has a vast library of faith that he wants to lend to you from. John chapter 21 verse 25 says this, that Jesus did many other things as well. Uh, if, any, if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. This is saying that Jesus also has a library, a vast, vast library, a library of stories that we can sign out and read and apply to our own lives. And why were these stories of Jesus recorded? Well, John 20 verse 30 tells us, says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these, these stories that are recorded in this book, are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have, have life in his name. This is saying that Jesus wants you to sign out his books, his stories, so that you can believe in him. You can have faith in him. You can trust in him. And here's the amazing thing, is that when you, when you believe in Jesus, when you place your trust in him, you start your own library of stories of faith, right? Jesus says this in John 14, verse 12. He says, very truly, I tell you, okay, and you know, whenever you hear Jesus say very truly or very verily, um, I tell you, it, it means that you have to listen because this is super serious and he absolutely means what he's about to say. Okay, so very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Did you hear that? Jesus said that whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So Jesus isn't the only one with the library. He has gone to the Father and he's gifted each of his children with the Holy Spirit. And he says that because the Holy Spirit indwells us, that we will do greater things than these. We were created to build libraries of faith um, in the Spirit of Jesus. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God wants to populate your life with stories of your faith in him, of your trust in him? 
Friends, this is our inheritance as children of God and co-heirs with Jesus, a library of faith, our own personal library. So I want to wrap up our time this morning by imagining that each of us has a library of faith, a library of trust, okay? I don't know what yours looks like. I don't know what the room looks like. I don't know how many shelves there are. I don't know what the, what the, what the library is made of. I don't know how many books there are. Now, now, some of us have shelves and shelves and shelves of stories of trust and faith in our library. It's like we have our own personal Hebrews 11. We've seen miracles. We've heard stories of missionaries and heroes of the faith. We've seen God provide for us over and over again. We've met people who have been healed. We regularly read about people who are suffering for Christ and our hearts are moved and our faith um, is increased. We've shared the gospel with someone and we've seen them come to Christ. We've prayed in faith and seen God answer our prayers. We've seen God come through in those hard times as he helps us endure. Our library of faith is well stocked. But for others of us, our library of faith is looking pretty thin. Maybe there's maximum one or two books on the top shelf, far away, almost out of reach. And the rest of the shelves are bare. And that one story that we do have, well... It's an old story. It's one that we've had for years. Maybe it's our salvation story, but it looks brand new because we never revisit it. We never lend it out. We never retell it. We, we, we never thumb through it. It just sits there unused, looking brand new. Friends, what does your library of faith look like? Do you have stories where you trusted God and he proved himself? Do you make it a habit to regularly borrow from other people's libraries of faith? Do you read books and listen to testimonies of God's faithfulness? Are you surrounding yourself with spiritual storytellers? Now, I have a few people in my life who I know have shelves full of faith stories. And I know where to go when my shelves are looking bare, looking diminished. Because I know that if I spend just 30 minutes in the presence of this person, that they will start to replenish my shelves as I listen to them talk about an answer to prayer or a miracle or an opportunity to share the gospel with someone else. As they tell stories of faith, they overflow with God's stories and they lift my spirits and they increase my faith by talking about what God is doing in them and through them. They lend out their stories. Even people who talk about their struggles, they replenish my faith shelves. And here's what I believe. People who make it their business to build a library of faith keep on adding new stories as they keep on telling the old ones. They lend out their stories, but their shelves in the library are never empty. My hope is over these next few weeks as we go through this series on faith that you will be introduced to some of these people and that you will maybe borrow stories from them that you can use to start to populate your own library of faith and that their stories will turn into your stories 
and that your shelves will start to fill up with your own accounts of God's faithfulness, with episode of episode of how you learn to trust God. Because this is how it works. When you hear someone else say, God did this for me, you start to wonder, well, maybe God can do this for me. And then you start to pray into that. And God answers that prayer. Their story becomes your story. And you start to tell your story. And someone else hears that. And they think, well, if God maybe did it for them, he can do it for me. And, and, so th- and so they start to pray into that and God answers their prayer and so on and so on it goes. Friends, faith is what connects us with the work that God has done in the past. And faith is what connects us with what God is doing right now around the world in the spiritual realm. And faith is what connects us with what God is going to do in the future. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for, and this is what God still commends people for. This is what you can be commended for. Faith is trust. So let's start to build our library of faith, of trust. And as we do that, then Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, will come alive like never before. Therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all those stories, all those testimonies, all those accounts, Hebrews 11, all the stories of Jesus, all the stories of the uh, the faithful that you hear, since we're surrounded by them, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Lord, make us faithful. Make us faithful. Lord, we believe help our unbelief we know that with faith it's impossible to see you Lord make us faithful show us how to trust show us how to populate our libraries with stories of faith show us how to borrow from those around us those who live lived before us those who, who, who live now show us how to borrow from their libraries of faith so that we can start to populate our own. And then we will start to tell stories and we will start to help others populate their libraries of faith. Lord, may there be a tidal wave of faith, Lord, as we, as we share about what you are doing, as we place our trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're someone this morning who's never placed your trust in Jesus. If you want to start your own library of faith, if you want to place that first book of faith on your library, then all you need to do is to call out to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry and I need you. And he will come into your life. He will transform you. He will make you a new creation. He will start writing a new story in your life, a story with him at the center, with him as the hero, 